Hey, if you like this weird little episode, you can head to giving.ucla.edu slash kidney. And if you go there and happen to donate or happen to do whatever, go ahead and feel free to leave a comment, including the phrase dungeons and kidneys to really confuse the hell out of the people who work at UCLA. Once again, that is giving.ucla.edu slash kidney. Thank you so much. Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Kidneys, a podcast about four people flung into the forgotten realms due to a clerical error, and the paladin who's taken them under his wings so they don't die horrible, horrible deaths. Hi, I'm Jordan French, and I play Henry Hank Oak, a hunting, grunting, combat boot-wearing Southern Baptist pastor dad who finds himself serving as the party's clerics in the forgotten realms. I'm Sheristy, and I play uh, Ronnie Stampler. He is a 19-year-old kid from the Pacific Northwest who was a Sasquatch hunting martial arts movie kid. And now in the Forgotten Realms, he is a monk trying to use parkour at every opportunity. I'll go next. Hi there, I'm Lee, and I'm playing Daryl Scott Wilson, local TV urologist turned storm sorcerer. Fucking assholes. I'm Ari Deckard. I'm playing Glenn Close, American actress, producer, and activist. <laughs> the woman long considered one of the greatest actresses of our time, according to Vanity Fair magazine. In the Forgotten Realms, she is a swashbuckler who goes by the name Dirk Mithril. One left. Uh, hi, I'm Brad. Uh, in today's game, I will be playing Casca uh, Lupinius, a uh, Faerun native and paladin of Tyr, god of justice, who discovered the party speaking some unknown language into a large metal beast. I have uh, two kids, an amazing partner, and four kidneys, but only one of which does any work. Wow, that's a high score if I've ever heard one. Yeah. I'm Anthony Birch. I'm your dad, and uh, I am going to be running this one-shot adventure, Dungeons and Kidneys, at the organization and request of Jordan, and in conjunction with ucla kidney stuff and it's gonna be a good time it's gonna be a fun time we're gonna hopefully raise awareness that kidneys exist you you have some of them probably you could have more or less depending on what your needs are medically and uh yeah we've all uh been touched by uh kidney donation in some way i guess before we get into the personal stories for why we're all here do we want to get a dad fact from every dad hank do you want to start off with your dad fact uh little dad fact about hank Hank was pulled here with his 2013 Honda Ridgeline. And as soon as it ran out of gas, uh, Hank speaks a, a, a little bit of Japanese from a mission trip he took as a kid, but not enough to really figure out what was going on and what the car needed. And so its gas tank never got filled up. So somewhere in the Forgotten Realms, there is a semi-autonomous four-wheel drive crossover pickup truck. Why don't you go ahead with your dad fact, Ronnie? So Ronnie's dad fact is that his parents were in the Rajneeshi cult in the Pacific Northwest that the uh, documentary Wild Wild Country on Netflix is based off of. They joined in like 1984, the year before it got disbanded. They had no idea what they were getting themselves into. And then it exploded in their face and they just kind of stuck around. They got there for the good part. They got to have all the sex and not be around for the trying to poison a, a, a Sizzlers or whatever the hell they ended up doing. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All righty. Um, let's go. Uh, uh, shit, Lindy, what, who are you again? Daryl Scott Wilson. I go by Scott. Um, a fun dad fact. The bumper stickers on his car are as follows. I heart my Wheaton Terrier. Rescue dad, shaped like a little dog bone. My Wheaton Terrier is smarter than your honor student. And Buckeye Krav Maga. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, Mrs. Close or Miss Close? I don't know. Uh, Ms. Please, Ms. So uh, many people know that she has won three primetime Emmys, three Tonys, three.
three Golden Globes. She is a seven-time Academy Award nominee, which means she holds the record for most nominations without a win for an actress. Um, but that's fine. She, it doesn't bother her. Okay. So uh, well, what about what about uh, our, our, our friendly uh, favorite native? Does, does our friendly favorite native have a dad fact? Uh, he actually does. So, so fun fact uh, about uh, Casca, he was something of a wild child before entering the service of Tia. So he likely has a child somewhere to a priestess of a yet unnamed eldritch deity. That's dark. Okay. <laughs> his dad fact is that he's a dad and probably doesn't know. Um, okay, so I, I suppose... Did we want to share our little 90 second stories of, of why we're involved in, in this whole thing and our relationship to our good friend, the kidney? Yeah. So um, my kidney story, a, uh, uh, an acquaintance of mine that I'd worked with on some charity projects and stuff in the past, I found out that their mom needed a new kidney. And so I was like, I didn't know much about it, but uh, I had my blood donor card with me. I could see my blood type and I was the same blood type as her mom. And I didn't know what else needed, you know, for a match besides that. I'm like, well, hey, I'm probably a match, you know, sign me up. And um so we flew out to LA where they live. We're in Arkansas. Uh, we flew out there and, uh, you know, for the pre-screening stuff. And that's where I finally got to meet her and just fell in love. Just little uh, old Armenian lady, just such a delightful person. And uh, uh, went through the process. Um, ended up not being an exact match, but we did a paired donor thing. Um, our chain had like 50-something people in it. I think it was 23 pairs of people. Jesus. At the time, it was like the third largest, but this was, you know, four or five years ago. So I'm sure they've had bigger chains since then. Can you, can you br- briefly explain what chain donation is? Yeah, yeah. So chain donation is where, like, there's somebody that needs a kidney and somebody that's willing to give a kidney on their behalf, but isn't an exact match. So they kind of swap everybody around. They pair you up, you know, and into where everybody that's got somebody that will at least put a kidney into the rotation gets a kidney and they create these chains until everybody has a match. So the lady I donated for actually like had already gotten her kidney and stuff by the time I flew out to to have mine removed. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So that was uh, there was a really, really cool little moment where she was visiting me in the hospital and um, my caseworker came up and was like, hey, do you want to meet the person that got your kidney? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? And so we go down there and her brother, who was the person that had signed up, you know, with her to donate was down there. And so uh, so I'm a white guy, obviously. The brother and sister that were the other side of the pair for us were Hispanic. And then, like I said, the lady that got my kidney was Armenian. And so we're all down there talking and uh, just kind of you know getting to know each other. And their doctor walks in for a checkup. As soon as he walks in, he's like, hey, guys, there's a lot of misconceptions about like race being an issue for kidney donations. Um, I'm going to go get some HIPAA waivers I need you guys to sign so we can use you in like in promotional material um, <laughs> because it was like this, you know, this little rainbow of, of donation or whatever. So that, that was a really fun <laughs> moment to, to be a part of. Shares to you. Would you like to tell your story? Yeah. So um, I first heard about living donation when I was about 18 or 19. My dad had a liver condition that required him to go on the liver transplant list. And he was on it for a really long time. And like as he was getting kind of sicker and sicker, it became like an option for me to maybe donate to him. But before that decision could be made, I was away at college and he just became too ill to undergo the surgery. So it went off the table, but I remember the doctors bringing it up to me, and I was just astounded that that was even possible. I had only ever heard of deceased donation up until then. And so it was always in the back of my brain that that was something that maybe I could do for someone. And then a year or so ago, I heard about it on a different podcast. I think it was Freakonomics. And I looked into it, and everything that I read online said that you needed like four to six weeks to take off from work. 
And I was fresh out of college. I had just gotten my first job. I was like, I'm not going to ask my new job to let me take off four to six weeks for this. And so it went on the back burner again. And now um, in April, I think it was April or March when Anthony brought it up on Talking Dads. And I was like, oh, that's right. I want to give away my kidney. And so I uh, looked it up and I'm lucky enough to be working from home during all of the pandemic closures. And so it's a lot easier to resume work. I don't have to take off quite as much time and things are slow anyway. So I actually still have both of my kidneys. I feel like a little bit of a fraud on here. My oh, yeah, you're a fraud. You're a big faker. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. My surgery is scheduled in 10 days. So oh, wow. I, nice. Yeah, I'm coming up on it. That's so cool. So you've already been through all the the, the, the myriad of interviews and, and the people being like, are you sure, 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 sure you want to do you this? Sure? And all are you that sure? Stuff? Any bribes yet? Still no bribes. Oh, yeah. I always love it when I ask you that. I was like, I want to meet the people who would bribe me just to know what that I know. experience is like. That's so cool. You're like, wait, people will give me money for this? I'm doing it like a chump for free. Pro bono. <laughs> well, that's so cool. 10 days. Wow. Congratulations. Thanks. That's awesome. So I always say my story starts when I was in college and there was a car that would ride around my college town that had a big sticker on the back that said, got a kidney? I need one and a phone number on it. And I remember seeing that all four years and just thinking, oh my God, like you kind of have to be at your last strand in order to do something like that. And so that was always kind of worming around in the back of my brain. And it was one of those things where you see it once and then you see it everywhere. And then a few years later, I started working at a science museum, COSI in Columbus. Uh, and we did a program all about kidney donation. So I had seen dozens and dozens of kidney transplants, uh, like the little laparoscopic view before I ever did my own donation. And I was standing in a coffee shop in front of the community board one day, and I saw another kidney donation advertisement. And I just thought, oh my God, I'm the target audience for this, right? I am young, I'm healthy, I have a job that would let me take time off. Weird flex, but okay. And so I just, sorry? I said weird flex, but okay. I interrupted your very earnest story <laughs> to make a stupid joke. Sorry, keep going. I, you're so valid. Um, I, I decided to contact my local hospital network just out of the blue. I emailed their living donation email and they got me set up with everything. And I donated in the summer of 2018 and I have had absolutely no regrets about it. That's so cool. Thank you for sharing your, your story and, and donating. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, I have a genetic disorder called Alport syndrome which means that my body does not produce a certain type of collagen very well. That collagen is uh, integral to the kidney system, to the ears, and part of your eyes. So that means that when I was a very small child, I had minor kidney problems, but they didn't really bother me that much. But when I was about eight, I lost a bunch of my hearing, and I started wearing hearing aids. And when I became a teenager, my kidney function started to rapidly go down. And so that eventually led to me having my first kidney transplant when I was 19, which was donated to me from my grandfather. And that went really well for a while. But after about two and a half years, my body rejected that transplant. And so I was on dialysis for about five years. And then one of my uncles was able to donate a kidney to me. And that was really great. I went back to college and was doing that. But my body rejected that kidney as well after about three years. And I went back on dialysis. I did home hemodialysis for a while. During that period, my mother, who has the same genetic disorder, had her transplant from one of her brothers, my uncle. And then um, a few years later, my 
doctors called me about two weeks before I was ready to get married and said, hey, we have a kidney for you. And I said, that's a ridiculous amount of timing. I cannot do that right now. But uh, I did. I went in and uh, had that surgery, had the kidney from a deceased donor. And that was 11 years ago. And I'm doing really well so far. So does that mean you have five kidneys? They've had to remove actually two of the transplanted kidneys. But at one point I had four. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Tied. Super awesome. I'm really glad you're doing well. And, and, and uh, yeah, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Brad, please tell us your story. Uh, so my native kidneys failed due to a congenital bladder defect, uh, which allowed back pressure into the kidneys that is supposed to normally be a one-way street. Um, so I first went onto dialysis at age eight and had my first transplant at nine. Um, that went well uh, until unfortunately rejecting when I was 22, whereupon I went on dialysis, uh, self-administered at home for two years until it was found that my mum could donate despite being an incompatible blood type. That transplant ran for eight years um, until unfortunately rejecting in 2015. However, it was only a brief nine-month uh, run on dialysis that time uh, where a, a transplant was found due to a deceased donor in December of the same year. Um, so in all, it's been a life of countless surgeries, soaring highs, crushing lows, but um, at the moment, things are good. So you know, sometimes it just helps to focus on that. Um, so outside the kidney stuff, I'm an avid gamer, actor, singer, the whole lot in the completely amateur circuit, basically because if you don't play football, you don't do anything in Australia. Um, I did theatre instead. So um, that's that ends up being the, uh, the, the gateway drug to role playing and whatnot. That's so cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's 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 awesome. What's theatre like in Central Australia? Is there a big community or, or probably bigger than you'd think um so unfortunately we couldn't do a show this year because covid's um but uh last year actually was my sort of first foray back into theater after a seriously longer than i would have liked it to be hiatus um and we did uh spam a lot oh cool um that was the most fun i've ever had in a show it was just the the fact that i was frantically running around backstage filling about four roles probably helped that but um that's really cool um <clears throat> you nerds so somebody say nerds <laughs> maybe I, I coughed and i heard i heard something and i was like did somebody say nerds and then i realized if somebody didn't say nerds it sounded like i'm really shittily calling brad a nerd <laughs> please somebody have said nerds. did somebody say um, nerd <laughs> and they asked me about theater and it's like oh i was just baiting you into talking about how big a yeah. fucking nerd you are <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to give you a swirly over a podcast. As if it wasn't obvious <laughs> since we're all on a D&D podcast. Yeah, just right. a bunch of cool kids about to play some imaginary fantasy combat stuff. Uh but I'm DMing so probably not combat. So I'm uh I'm Anthony. I'm a I'm a dungeon master so I don't have to do a dad fact. Haha, <laughs> fuck you. Uh and my uh relation to kidney stuff is uh or beginning of the year, I just sort of arbitrarily decided I wanted to do a non-directed donation of a kidney because I'm a uh, O blood type. And uh, basically, when you say you're going to donate a kidney, they have a lot of social workers, a lot of people ask you like, hey, why are you doing this and talking you through it? So you're sure, sure, sure that you want to do it before you do it. And the social worker I got, it was great because she was like, why do you want to do this? I was like, so I can be smug at dinner parties. And she goes, haha, you're being flippant. I go, I am not. <laughs> the only thing I want out of this is that I can be smug and morally superior to all the people that I know. And she was like, I'm just going to write charity. I was like, you do whatever you have to do. <laughs> and then she saw me after the surgery and she was visibly flabbergasted that I actually went through with it because I'm pretty sure she thought I was the worst person she'd ever met. But yeah, 
one one kidney lighter. We will sacrifice anything. Yeah, just wanted to be smug, and boy, am I. Oh, I am. I thought I was insufferable before, but I'm a real fucking trip now. <laughs> so, as you're wandering around the Forgotten Realms, you all receive a raven, and it has a message asking you to go into a forest. So, you head into a forest clearing, and the first thing you see is what looks to be a humanoid frog, uh, who's kind of adult size, and he's standing next to two tables that have initially your your mind recoils at a little bit because you're like is that the same person twice and then you remember oh no twins are a thing that exist uh so you see twin brothers on two operating tables essentially lying face up and he goes uh uh who, who are you guys hi there d scott wilson channel six news southeastern ohio how you doing wait, wait what's the name what's the d stack for daryl wilson uh, well, you know, it's my first name, but I, I always go by Scott, and I just add a D in to sound cooler. It looks good on a title card on the news. Daryl Wilson. And what's your name? Oh, uh, hey there. Uh, nice to meet you. I am um, Reverend uh, Henry Oak, uh, but uh, you can just call me Brother Hank. That's what everybody uh, at church calls me. Henry Oak. Hiya, I'm Ronnie Stampler. Ronnie Stampler. Oh, don't tell me your name is Peyton. No, no, I'm Cascalupinius, a uh, paladin of Tyr. Well, at least I got that, right? Hello, I am Dirk Mithril, writer of wrongs. No, thank God you're not Glenn Close. Oh, well, I mean, that is what I'm known as back home, yes. But I... Oh, I yo, oh, yo, I fucked really up. Oh, I did a mistake. Here. I did it bad. Oh, yo, 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 yo. So what happened was, these two beautiful boys are the sons of, of a friend of mine, Henry Oak, he's sort of part of a group, and I tried to summon them back using a raven, but I used a discount raven that I don't usually use, and I think they grabbed the wrong, the wrong guys, because y'all have the same names. Oh no, and if that's true, then that means that I tried to call Aaron O'Neill the guard witch, but instead I got, and then as he says that, you see a, a straight black line appear in reality in front of you. Uh... And it doesn't seem to make any sense at first. It's just this line that appeared out of nowhere, almost like static on a film reel or something. But then the line starts to rotate and you see a two-dimensional image of a witch uh, just looking at you. And she goes, Ha it is me, the dimensional witch. Hello, what a pleasure to be summoned. And Walter goes, oh, no, that's not who I meant to bring. Oh, no, no, no. And the dimensional witch says, what have you summoned me for? And Walter goes, oh, okay, so here's the thing. We were running for some bounty hunters. And uh, one of the bounty hunters was like this, like this, this evil mage guy, and he like threw a spell, and he threw a sparrow, but then like Lark jumped into the bolt to defend his brother, and Lark goes, "I was not, oh, I, w- I did not jump into it to defend my brother. I jumped into it because nothing could harm me, and I'm invulnerable." As he says that, he like grabs onto his uh, his his stomach, kind of, and Sparrow goes, "Oh, brother, brother, you are such a good brother. I love you so very much, Lark. Oh no, what was me? What is to be done?" And Walter says, "Yeah, so I think the problem is the bolt like hit him in the kidney, and like his kidneys just aren't aren't really what they used to be. They're kind of they. It seems like some sort of spell has been cast on them." So what I was thinking was, and then Sparrow goes, take one of mine! I have, a, I have one to spare anything for my brother Lark! Oh, part of being a love wolf is giving up those parts of you which you do not need to benefit others, and I do not need a kidney while my brother needs one so desperately! And Lark's like, I need nothing! I want for nothing! I am Lark! Oh! And he grabs his stomach again. And so the Benjamin Witch says, hmm, let's see what we're dealing with here. Uh, let me get into the fourth dimension to see real quickly what's going on here. Yeah. And she sort of disappears from view. And then you hear her voice echoing throughout time in your memories as she goes, Oh, yep, yep, I see the problem. I see the problem. Uh, looks like poor little Lark's kidneys are definitely all kinds of messed up. So, yikes, not sure what to do about that. And Walter goes, 
oh, yo, oh, yo, uh, gosh, I wish there was just a way to transplant one of the kidneys from Sparrow into Lark. And the Dimensional Witch goes, well, I guess you could. Yeah, I, I could always uh, help you out with that shishing. And she takes out a, a, a scalpel and immediately dives at Sparrow before uh, a Walter could do anything. And she goes, ha ha! And then stabs down with the scalpel. But it, ting, it like gets deflected off of his skin. And Walter goes, oh, yeah, that, no, I, I, I cast stone skin on him. So he's you, if you're going to try to operate on him, that's not going to work. Uh, and I know that stone skin is a concentration spell and only lasts for like five minutes or whatever, but maybe maybe don't worry about that right now. Um, and the Dimensional Witch goes, oh, that, that is a pickle. That is a pickle indeed. A pickle and a half. A pickle for a nickel, little rascals. Um, well, I guess the only way then to get the, uh, get the kidney out would be to take it from within. I don't quite know how you'd you do that but then again i am a dimensional witch and when i say dimensional i don't just mean 1d 2d 3d 4d i mean like the dimensions of a, of an image like in like in photoshop a thing that we have photoshop it's a it's a shop in Faerun where you can go to to get uh photos which is what we call uh portraits made larger or smaller by a, a by a somebody like me like dimensional witch i run that shop uh so i could i guess shrink someone down if they felt like they could go inside uh of sparrow and get his kidney and then get out with it and then put it into lark that's that's certainly a possibility and so walter goes oh well, that sounds that sounds really dangerous oh yeah it's be extremely dangerous that sounds really dangerous i don't know i don't i don't think i could go down in there on my own and survive and somebody's got to make sure that nothing happens to lark and sparrow's like physical bodies out here and then walter looks at you all and he goes actually I know this is a lot to ask. I know it was a mistake to bring you here in the first place. I didn't mean to, but do you think you could help our boys out? Do you think you could maybe volunteer to get shrunken down and go into a sparrow's body to get his kidney? Is that something you'd be willing to do? Absolutely. Sign us up. Absolutely. Perfect. 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 Oh, you guys, you're so cool. I, I will owe you. I'll, I'll build you a motorcycle or something. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll do something. Um, so... Walter spends the next couple of minutes. Nah, I guess he doesn't have to. Yeah, I'm not going to give you a spaceship. That's stupid. Because how is that going to work? So having agreed with Walter that you would dive within the bloodstream of one of the children, detach his uh, kidney and then give it to the other child, the dimensional witch goes, okay, so I can get you down there. But here's the thing. I'm only going to be able to keep you this size for like an hour, maybe an hour and a half tops. If you can't get out of the boy's bloodstream by then, you may return to your original size inside of him, which would, in a sense, cause a very large explosion of blood. And for a second, Sparrow's eyes go wide with terror, and then he goes, this is how I wish to go! This is what we call a win-win situation! Yes, yes, yes! Um, so the Dimension Witch says, okay, okay, so... Just in case anybody has anything you want to do before I put you inside uh, the bloodstream of this boy, let me know. Because otherwise, you're gonna, you're, we're about to get shrinky-dinky. Everybody ready? Just, just, well, just a, qu- a quick question, if I may. Uh, so you're, you're a dimensional witch. The, the time limit, could, can you also stretch time? I can, uh, I can move through time to some degree. I cannot affect it because that would be oh. overpowered. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's dumb. I should have. I should have known. And that. I have a hard time seeing the outcome events in which I'm involved because chaos and and stuff. Don't be a dick. It's fine. <laughs> the Wizards of the Coast try to keep that balanced. All right. So she she makes a little uh, window with her thumb and her forefingers of both hands and uh, sort of uh, frames you all in it like she's looking through a camera. And then she sort of begins to move her thumbs and forefingers overlapping each other closer and closer together to make a smaller square. And as she's doing that, you feel the world around you getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you realize, oh, that's not what it is. You're actually getting smaller and smaller. And uh, 
eventually the the blades of grass surrounding you become like skyscrapers and you feel and hear the tromp of her high heels as she steps through the grassy field to come get you and basically she she makes her hand completely two-dimensional so that you see this big black sheet of nothingness just underneath you for a second it's scary because it feels like you're like oh it like cut my shoes in half or something like that because it was so sharp and so small and so thin but soon you feel yourself beginning to get lifted up into the air on a platform of pure two-dimensional i don't know which it's just you're just on a two-dimensional witch it's just like it's normal it's cool it's a normal (laughs) thing that you don't mind at all and uh the old paper under the cup trick exactly yeah you're a bunch of spiders (laughs) being taken out by a hippie who didn't want to kill it um And she uh, basically gently puts you all into a magical syringe. And then you can see yourself through the glass of the syringe getting closer and closer to a sparrow. And then there is a jolt as the syringe hits his skin. And then you feel air whooshing and rushing and pushing you into his bloodstream. Everything goes red. And well, I guess blue because it's all blue until the oxygen hits it. And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't I don't know what it looks like down there. None of us do. It's impossible. Science That's can never true. say for sure. Um, <laughs> and you go you go rushing through his bloodstream and you have to hold your breath and, and, and red blood cells are flying past you and white blood cells and all this uh, all the cool stuff that you would imagine inside the human body and none of the gross weird stuff yet. And then you get uh, coughed out into what looks like a big cave. And in this cave made of what looks to be just like like meat and stuff just like 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 people people stuff uh you see three holes on the floor of this cave and the uh the bloodstream the vein or whatever that deposited you here was from an aperture in the top of this cave it spits you out you all hit the ground and Otherwise, there's nothing in this cave other than these three holes. And you remember that your goal was to actually, I guess you could hear from the dimensional witch. So remember, your goal is to get to the kidney and, uh, you know, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it out. Dave Coulier, cut it out. You guys know that one? It's, it's, it's before your time. I'm old. Nope. Um, nope. So, yeah. Now, what do you do? Please let this be a normal field trip. <laughs> Carlos, I, I made a stupid joke. But... <laughs> is, is there is there any sort of school bus perception check for some sort of school bus? Oh my God. <laughs> You'd have to use detect magic, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that's the rules. Um, <laughs> as they pop out, um, I I say to everybody else, you know, I read the original script to Inner Space. I was up for the Meg Ryan role, but I decided to do Fatal Attraction instead. Is that true? You would have been great. No. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna go. Holy shit, that's amazing! I mean, the years work out, but I don't know. That's great. Ari's been stalking Glenn Close's tax returns for the like real deep stuff. <laughs> this is like twelve minutes of Wikipedia research. Real deep cuts. Did we? happen to see where we were injected you were injected into uh his arm it seemed like and you you were rushing around for a, a pretty decent amount of time so you're a little discombobulated as far as the uh the journey to the center of the lark and you're not quite sure or this is the sparrow rather uh, so you're not quite sure where you are okay. um so it's, it's is there any like pulsing like do, do i are we in like a something that might heart? be pumping or yeah 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 
you can feel a uh, a radiating beat every so often uh, in the distance. So you get the sense that you are not in uh, the heart chamber itself, nor are you in an actual part of the human body. You're more in a like a sort of obfuscated, almost Dungeons and Dragons esque dungeon version of a human body that maybe you shouldn't map too discreetly onto an actual human body because you'd only get disappointed. Okay, <laughs> that's a hell of a perception uh, check. Um, <laughs> I just I just decided you rolled a natural twenty. There there are five of you. Chances are good somebody was going to roll a natural twenty. Okay, so there's there's three entrances. Is, is that what we see for the cave? Yeah, you see three holes in the ground. Okay, uh, let's go. Let's go check out these holes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. If anybody would like to give me a perception or investigation check, uh, I are they facing downward like we would jump into them like a slide, or are they like tunnels straight ahead? They are slides. Awesome. Now, yeah, now that you've asked, they're slides. No, they were they're always slides. Ooh, that's a big ten on my perception check. They're definitely holes. Can confirm. You know, that's actually, guys, if you think about it, that's really knowledge because everything we've known about time and space has been changed today. <laughs> so the fact that these holes are holes is that's, you know, that's a data point. You already got something. Ronnie, what did you get? 17. Ooh, 17. Yeah, 12 minus 1, 11. 11. Okay. Oh, nat 1. Ooh. <laughs> What's a hole? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Guys, where did 101 Dalmatians Glenn Close go? She just wandered <laughs> off. Okay, so Ronnie, with your 17, uh, you approach one of the holes and you can feel the air coming from it is a little is a little caustic. So that's the first hole. There's some caustic air coming from it that that's, that feels almost like acidic in nature and it makes you want to kind of pull your head back a little bit. Um, the second one, you don't really get a particular smell from. It just feels like it's a little bit squicky and a little bit slimy. And the third one you're getting a, a, a kind of a kind of a stank from it. Like you a, can't quite like place. a booty hole stank. Not quite a booty hole stank, but definitely a, a it feels digestive in nature. Oh, hey guys! So uh, this first one is acidic. I I relay what Anthony just said. Well, so guys, I know we're kind of on, on a bit of a, a timer here, but if we think we could spare ten minutes, I could actually talk to the Lord, and He could tell me like good bad for these holes. And now, now, is this your lord or is this? Well, I mean, it's it, it's worked so far. I, I assume that 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 you know that it's the lord that I get these these powers. Yeah, I'm a little iffy on that. Um, the, you know, the the magic. It's kind of. I think it's Jesus. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, so I don't use it a lot, just in case, you know. But um, but I've got I've got this thing I can do where where if we say, hey, if we go down this hole, uh, he'll tell me, you know, good results, bad results, maybe a little both, you know, stuff like that. I think we got ten minutes. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to pull out my little prayer book and spend 10 minutes praying. And yeah, we're going to eat up 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, God can entertain himself for 10 minutes. <laughs> Glenn Close just does a, a bunch of monologues from Fatal Attraction. Yeah, or Hamlet. Oh, yeah. She does that a lot. Mm-hmm. Or Warcraft, because she was in Warcraft. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Glenn Close yeah. played the uncredited role of Elodie. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, Anthony, what I'm casting here is Augury. Okay. Which is. Uh, Basically, it's we get the an omen from otherworldly entity about the results of a specific course of action that you plan to take within the next 30 minutes. The DM chooses from will for good results, woe for bad results, will and woe for good and bad results, and nothing if the results aren't particularly good or bad. Okay. So if I guess I want to check out, like, what are the results from each hole? Okay, cool. Hey, guys. It's Anthony Birch here. I'm about to pretend to be a god, and this character is very deeply Christian religious. I just want to remind everybody that I'm just being a fun fantasy god. This is all just a bunch of fun and games we're having here on, on Dungeons and Kidneys. And don't try to take this as evidence of any particular belief or mockery of any particular belief. We're just having a just having a good old time. 
So with that in mind, when you point at the first hole, you hear the voice go, you point at the second hole and it goes, whoa, and you point at the third hole and it goes, uh, whatever the opposite of whoa was, I wasn't listening. Was it, wait, was it, what was it? What was the word? Will. Will. Lord. <laughs> yeah. Will. It actually says Will Campos. What's that? About? William Campos. Um, <laughs> uh, Story break. Okay. Hey, guys, I think God is a podcast fan. Mostly NPR. <laughs> <laughs> so does, does everybody hear that or just me? I'm not sure how. how I definitely better just be you. Okay. Um, so, hey, hey guys, yeah, uh, heard back, heard back from the Lord, and, uh, it's this one, and I, I point to the one with the good results. Uh, one of them's straight up bad, one of them was, you know, a l- little more neutral, um, uh, yeah, y- not unlike, uh, Glenn, your follow-up to 101 Dalmatians, you know, like, eh, t- you know, for kids, it's okay, but, yeah, um. <laughs> <laughs> do you mean 102 Dalmatians, or do you mean Cruella, which is currently in post-production? <laughs> Whoa. I didn't even know that. It's the tax returns. He's going through it all. That is true. <laughs> Breaking news here. Glenn Close cannot stop. What a treasure. That's right. Ari actually broke into Glenn Close's home. So there, there <laughs> might be a lawsuit. This could be part of a deposition at Did some point. Blowing up my spot. Fine. As long as Krill is already in post production, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I would never say that. No. Stay away from Glenn Close, everybody. I was you talking more about the, the breaking and entering than the. Uh, sure. Than the kidnapping. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, so this hole, I guess I guess we we go in the good hole. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> nope. Nope, that's mm. not what we do. We don't do that. We're in the Lord's house now. <laughs> so as you as you approach the third stanky hole, now that you realize it's the good hole, you can realize that that smell you smelled was just the faintest faintest odor of urine. Um, as you approach it, you feel the walls begin to undulate a little bit, and a hand or fo- a form that looks like a hand begins to push out of one of the walls. Uh, what do you do? Ronnie high fives the hand. <laughs> roll roll dexterity saving throw <laughs> oh no um i got a seven okay cool so you feel the hand tighten around yours uh and as you try to pull away you can feel yourself pulling a form out of the wall and a hand that's grasped on yours is bright white like radiantly white and as you begin to pull more and more of it out of the wall, you see that you're pulling what looks like essentially a bright white version of the child that you saw on the slab, essentially. You're looking at a bright white version of Sparrow. And it goes, what is this I see? What is this I see? Intruders! Intruders! And as it says intruders, the other walls of this cave begin to undulate and more of these white uh, little sparrows come out and they go, what do we do with intruders in this body? What shall we do? Ah, you try to go near the kidneys? No, no, we say, no, no. And one of them is going to try to leap into the mouth of the hole that you were about to jump down and like stretch himself out to cover the hole. Let's roll initiative. Can we attack this body that we're also trying to save? We have to defeat the white blood cells first. You could do non-lethal damage to these things and they will be <laughs> out of it, but they, you won't have permanently hurt the child. This is like a vaccine. We have to do a little damage. Yeah, before. yeah, we're like a vaccine. Like we're gonna we're gonna rough up a few of them, but we're not taking them out. <laughs> right. Just eliminate some white blood cells before a major surgery. That's probably fine. Yeah. When you said white form, I thought it was gonna be his soul. Oh I went there for a second. <laughs> I definitely, yeah. Sparrow definitely yeah. does not have a soul. 
<laughs> Neither Lark nor Spare have a soul. Boy, that makes the homunculus treatment really problematic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I got a 15. Yeah. Be a 9 for Hank. Uh, Scott's got a 19. I got 13. So, uh, Scott Wilson, it is your turn first. Has the little white blood cell Sparrow, has he already stretched himself out over the hole or is he running there right now? He is running there right now. I think I'm just going to try to scruff him like a dog. <laughs> just like grab the back of his t-shirt. Great. Give me a... Uh, keep him from getting You can there. do a sleight of hand or a dexterity roll. Is that grapple? Uh, oh, yeah. It's going to be grapple. Yeah. So yeah, just go ahead and do a normal uh, melee attack. And then if you succeed, you don't hurt him. You just do grapple. Solid. So just unarmed strike. Yep. Um. All right. Oh, I got a 14. 14. So barely, just barely, he manages to evade your grip. Like like one die worth of barely. <laughs> one point worth of barely manages to evade your grip. Almost. Almost as if his AC is exactly 15. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, unfortunately he misses. So that was your uh, standard action if you have any uh, bonuses or... Um, wow, it would be really cool if I had uh, looked up my bonus actions beforehand. It's fine. It's Dungeons and Daddies. Ain't nobody know nothing. <laughs> I'm going to use Quickened Spell then. I'm going to spend two sorcerer points to divert um, the one action casting time to one bonus action. Because that's something I can do. I'm going to cast Shocking Grasp. Uh, lightning springs from my hand to deliver a shock to a creature that I try to touch. Okay. So slap again. Just kind of like uh, grab the back of his shirt because I missed it the first time. Sounds good. And that's 21. Wow. That's more than 15 by a fair amount. What's your damage? Um, well, a two. So I reach out my hand and I just kind of gently graze the back of his shirt and a little, uh, like a static thing when you touch somebody. <laughs> little, uh, and two points worth of lightning damage transfers into the back of his little t-shirt. Okay, great. Uh, so yeah, you static shock him as he's running. He goes, <laughs> and he, uh, he trips as you, as you shock him. And as he was trying to run to, 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 block the, uh, the 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 path to the guineas he instead just like stumbles and falls down into the uh, the hole and goes uh like wiley cody um <laughs> the white blood cells rolled in 18 so they're gonna go as a group there are three of them still in the room right now or rather four of them there's one for each of you and lindy just zapped one of hers so one of them is going to try to tackle scott wilson and push him into the acidic hole first they'll try to do a melee attack to see if he can hit you what is your AC? You know, Scott's a big guy, but he's a soft guy. Uh, so my AC is 12. It's 12? Okay. So he just barely uh, manages to, almost as if exactly the amount of points he needed, manages to like, and like jump into you and like grab you by the waist. And now both of you are going to do opposed strength checks as he tries to like shove you into the first hole. So go ahead and give me a strength roll. I got 17. He got an 18. I'm so sorry. You're shitting me. Okay. So <laughs> he literally got an 18. So he shoves you into the first hole, the acidic feeling hole. Uh, go ahead and give me a dexterity check to see if you can grab onto the sides of this thing as he, as he tries to push you into it. Oh, that's a nine. That's uh, a nine. Okay. So you lose your grip and you are beginning to fall through the hole. You are not so completely far down that somebody couldn't like make a last-ditch effort to like, dive in and try to grab you like an Indiana Jones type thing, but you are definitely falling. Uh, the second one is going to try to do uh, the same with Ronnie. They're going to try to hit you, and they definitely miss, unless your AC is like 9. No, my AC is 16. Yeah, it's more. <laughs> the third is going to try to do that to Glenn Close. They 
totally fuck up. They get a four. So they just they go ah and jump through the air at you. And then midway through, they realize <laughs> as they're flying through the air at Glenn Close, suddenly they're like hit with a memory of seeing 101 Dalmatians <laughs> in the image of Cruella de Vil. And the pure, like, n- like nefarious, sexual, like rich person, <laughs> terrifying energy that radiates from Cruella de Vil as played by Glenn Close, just like shoots through uh, the white blood cells body. And it goes, no. And it just like stops in midair. Like it, it was like diving through the air. And then like a cartoon, it just stops in midair, all of its momentum. And they just fall to the ground out of terror and then the last one is going to attempt to uh throw casca in to the stomach and they go old a 15 what is your ac uh 18 nothing just it's like it's like a it's like a somebody trying to throw a booger at a vault door it just <laughs> poof, and he just falls <laughs> off of you um so now it is Ari's turn. It is Glenn Close's turn. So, uh, Glenn Close, producer of many, many things, including the upcoming Hillbilly Elegy, is going to um, make a dash to catch Scott, right? Scott got thrown. Yes. And so, she's just going to run over there and try to grab him. Cool. Um, give me a dexterity check. Okay. 16. 16. Okay. So, yeah. You manage to use your whole dash to get there, leap, and <laughs> this is way more fun imagining the real actor, Glenn Close, doing all this stuff. Um, <laughs> you barely manage to grab onto the heel of a, what, you, what is Scott, a weatherman? Weatherman. A meteorologist. I see a television meteorologist, thank you. Yeah, meteorologist. I'm so sorry. And just as we all fantasize would one day happen in this podcast, uh, the actress Glenn Close grabs a local meteorologist by the ankle as he's about to descend into uh, a 12-year-old boy's stomach, grabs him by the ankle, and has stopped Scott's descent. Now, that said, you're so like stretched out grabbing onto him that you don't currently have the strength to pull yourself back up on the same term. So you've, you're both sort of frozen there, but nobody can pull themselves out just yet. Okay. So unless you have any bonus actions or anything, it is Brad's turn. Um, I mean, I can bonus action dash again i guess but no yeah i don't think that would that would do it okay uh casca is going to grab glenn close by the ankles to try and pull the two of them up cool give me a strength check with since you're pulling up like two people that are descended now i'll just make the check hard i won't give you disadvantage yeah go ahead and make a uh, strength check uh oh that is a 20 non-natural wow special boy um (laughs) So yeah, you basically just start yanking them out of the hole and Glenn Close comes first, obviously. And so she's now just prone on the ground. And uh, I feel like... Scott's a big boy. Yeah, he's a big, big, strong boy. So yeah, now uh, (laughs) both Scott and Glenn Close are now on the ground. And it seems like Scott's clothing is just a little bit worn away and spicy from the acid vapors that are wafting up from the tummy. But yeah, you are now out of the uh, the big old dangerous hole leading to the stomach. and. Uh, did you have any other bonus actions or anything else you wanted to do with Casca? Uh, no, no bonus actions. Not to completely shoot myself in the foot, but the white blood cell that was leaping at me would probably get an opportunity attack against me because I had to move away from it. Oh, you're right. Thank you very much. Yeah. I almost said it, <laughs> but I was like, ah, that's no, it's cool. It's, it's cool. okay. It didn't matter. He got a six. <laughs> he once again, just like, yeah, this time it'll be different. And he like just runs into you and just bashes against your kneecap and falls over. Uh, now it is Ronnie's turn. Uh, so was Ronnie still like holding hands with the one that came out of the wall? Uh, it let go of you a- a- after it came out of the wall, I think. Okay. Well, Ronnie's just going to go to the nearest white blood cell and try to kick it in the gut. Great. Give me an attack. I got a 17. Oh, okay. That'll do it. Go ahead and roll damage. I got five damage. Wow. Okay. 
So uh, the white blood cell, basically, it goes like, put up your dudes, put them up, put them up. And then you kick it in the head and it immediately goes unconscious and hits the ground like a sack of potatoes. It's like, it's like uh, if it were a cartoon, it had two frames of animation. It is up and then all of a sudden it is down. You don't even recall it falling over. It's so quick that it just falls over. Uh, it is pathetic. Ronnie is constantly shocked that anything he does works. You like, what only- You should meet another Ron Stampler. You would have a lot to talk about. <laughs> Uh, now it is Hank's turn. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so wow. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I, I this probably would have been helpful uh, uh, before, but I don't know. I just you know kind of took me off guard a little bit. And um, uh, anyway, anyway, um, uh, I would like damages. Uh, Glenn Close and Casca and Scott. You know, you know the Lord bless you and keep you and all that jazz. And I'm going to cast bless on those three. Uh, okay. And that lets them add a d4 to any saving throw or attack roll they make for the next minute. Great. Your god goes, what's up, party people? And everybody feels it. (laughs) And then, um, okay, so they're clear. They're in the clear. They're out of the the bad hole. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I guess, move over to the good hole and, like, kind of goalie it, you know, keep the blood cell from trying to cover it up or whatever. And and, come on, guys, come on, move, move, move. Great. Uh, It is Scott's turn. Oh, man. Uh, so, uh, Hank is directing us towards the, the good hole, right? Oh, yeah. As Hank is wont to do. <laughs> Hank loves to tell people where the good uh, hole is. <laughs> <laughs> Hank, criminal. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, in that case, then, um, I think that, uh, unless Anthony tells me that our placement doesn't work for this, which I'm sure he's diligently keeping track of. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to cast Gust of Wind. A line of strong wind, 60 feet long, blasts from you in a direction you choose. So I'm trying to blow my compatriots into the good hole. Cool. That sounds awesome. Wow. So how does that work? Do we have to, like... You do a strength saving throw, and it doesn't specifically say that you can fail it if you wish, but a lot of spells are like that. Yeah. Okay, so I rolled for the, the two remaining white blood cells, and they, for the first time ever, decided to roll pretty well, and they managed to, like, grip onto the, um, the bottom of this cave with their feet, and they go, we will not be blown away! Um, oh, wait, I, so I'm trying to blow my compatriots into the good hole so we can get away. Oh, so we have to roll strength saving? Right, uh, I just assumed it was everybody in a cone, or is it just any creature that you want? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right, you're right. So they stay, and then... Uh, so it actually ended up to your advantage because they thought that you were trying to hurt them, so they didn't let themselves get blown into the hole along with you. So, uh-huh. yeah, I guess if everybody wants to fail, it just happens, and you'll just totally skip two of the three rooms that I have prepared for the, this part of the dungeon. That's fine. It's <laughs> fine and normal. It's on me for giving you a choice. It should have just forced you through those one at a time, but I said, no, no, give them a choice. Nonlinearity is good in game design. <laughs> yeah. um, I wonder... Uh, Dungeon Master, if I... I have good enough aim to blow us into the right hole. I feel like you can probably give me some sort of arcana or wisdom yeah, or dexterity roll for that. Alright, alright. Um, I'll do dex. It's all on the wrist. Uh, that's a 12. All on the wrist, Kasten. Okay. Uh, so with a 12, pick two people, and those two people go into the hole. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to pick my friends who uh, have so diligently saved me. So Casca and Glenn. Great. So Casca and Glenn, you feel yourselves getting spirited away by this this friendly wind uh, that hurdles you towards 
the hole leading to the kidneys. Seeing that would leave two behind, well, I guess three behind, including Scott, uh, I am actually going to make the strength save. No, I'm not. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) One of the white blood cells sees you flying past him and it goes, you coward. You're a coward. I knew you meant to. (laughs) Glenn is sort of distracted by everything that's going on and like, what is happening? And fails. Uh, Fly towards the (laughs) hole. Cool. So you two are falling down the hole then. So does the white blood cells turn now. Um, the two remaining white blood cells, having just been kind of attacked, but not really by Scott, are going to try to tackle Scott back into the stomach. They go, no, go into the stomach. There's kind of a fun puzzle there. Go! And they run at you. Split the party. One of them gets a natural one, slips immediately and knocks itself unconscious. The other one gets a 17, which I assume beats your AC. Oh, yeah, it does. All right, cool. Uh, now let's do an opposed strength. So they got a uh, 12. If this is a saving throw, you get that extra D4. It is. Okay, I don't think that's going to get me there. You got a 12? Yes. Oh, I got an 11. Ooh, no. So yeah, the white blood cell tackles you in the stomach like a spear, like a Roman Reigns WWE spear, and uh, <laughs> just... Boom, hits you, and then both of you start falling down, back down the stomach hole, and they go, yes, there's a puzzle in here. It's kind of a puzzle. I hope it's good. Split the party. So now, basically, with the only remaining uh, white blood cell of any note having just tackled Scott in the stomach, you are now out of initiative, if you want to. Scott is currently falling into the stomach, while Glenn and Casca uh, are falling into the kidney area. So what are you going to do about it? Hank is going to go over to the unconscious white blood cells and cast Spare the Dying on them so they're stabilized. Oh, and, that's nice of you. Not going to die. And then, uh, uh, man, uh, can't leave Scott on his own. And I'm going to go and uh, say a little prayer and cast Guidance on myself and dive into the stomach hole. Great. Ronnie, what are you going to do? Ronnie is going to delay going into the stanky one and also dive in after Scott. Okay. Hey guys, Jordan here. The situation in which those crazy kids currently find themselves sure is bananas, huh? I'd go into more detail, but I don't know where this is going to end up in the edit. Uh, I do thank you so much for listening and uh, letting these amazing people and myself share our stories with you. I do uh, have a favor I must ask of you. UCLA is currently fundraising for a new kidney center to better meet needs and change lives. But COVID has turned the world upside down and big in-person fundraising events have been put on hold like everything else, which sucks. But you have a chance to step into that gap and make a difference, which doesn't suck. Just go to giving.ucla.edu slash kidney to make a donation, and in the comments section, include the phrase Dungeons and Kidneys so they know the daddy sent you. Donations are tax-deductible, and you can make any size donation you're comfortable giving. Even if it's just a dollar, every little bit helps. And you can be a part of changing someone's life for the better. So one more time, that's giving.ucla.edu slash kidney. Thank you so much for your support. If becoming a kidney donor is something you're considering, please do reach out to your nearest transplant center and ask them for more information. They'd love to speak with you. Now let's get back to the show. We'll go with the tummy crew first. So, Scott, as you're plummeting down, you feel the air around you get warmer and more acidic, and you come out of a tunnel into a big, like, glowing green kind of toxic cave-seeming thing with a big, big pool of 
bright neon green acid in the center of it that's dotted with little islands of something you can't quite make out. It seems to be like chewed up food. Gross. And in the center of this island is a large mound of sentient pink goo. And it goes, oh, visitor, a live one even. Ha ha ha. Come to me. Come to Gumboy. Come to me. Welcome to my kingdom. <laughs> a kingdom of tummy acid and 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 na- naughty, naughty food. D- gross, gross food. <laughs> None of it is stuff that you should eat. This child does not eat well. It's, it's only half of it is actually edible stuff. Mostly the wrappers of candy bars. Not the candy bars themselves, weirdly. And you can see that. There are seemingly no exits from this place other than the hole that you just fell through. And uh, he is, yeah, he's sitting in the center of this lake of acid. And there are enough little islands that you could hop around to them if you wanted to get close to him and talk. So I landed on one of the food things. Yes, you did. No, because otherwise you would die. And that would be a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) Reroll the character. Um, Have my compatriots joined me yet? Or are they still in the tube? So for a second, you land there and you're alone and you're... Ah, and then the, the, the aperture opens again, and yeah, the, your two buddies follow you in. So actually, now I'm thinking about it, um, Ronnie and what's your stupid name, Hank? Um, <laughs> Ronnie and Hank, why don't you give me a, a dexterity or actually an acrobatics roll to see if you can aim for one of these islands? Okay, I got 18. Wow. Okay, I got a four, but I get to roll a d4 on top of that. Oh, it ain't gonna matter. <laughs> <laughs> So Ronnie lands like a friggin' like a ninja, like in blade pose or whatever the heck you want, however you want to land. It's a nine total. Great. So uh, Hank, you plummet down uh, into just right into you belly flop, in fact, into this stomach acid, and you immediately take a D eight of damage, and you continue to take a D eight of damage for every turn that you're in the acid. And the big pink thing in the center, of the stomach is like, oh, belly flop, zero out of ten. Oh, what a what a shame. But the other one, not well done, well done. Um, Scott says, I got you, friend. And he casts shape water. Can you cast shape water on stomach acid? Why not? Question for the ages. Hell yeah. It's too cool not to do. It's water enough. I cast shape water and I try to give him just like a gentle little wave to push him onto a piece of food. Awesome. So you are now out of the acid. Scramble up the nearest piece of food. Do I need to roll that D8, Anthony, or do you? Uh, I guess I'll roll it. Five damage. Oh, that's not great. Okay. All right. So you are now safely standing on islands in the middle of a lake of acid. I'm going to say hello, Mr. Gum. We're trying to find the kidneys. Ooh, you picked the wrong hole then. There are three holes. One of them's supposed to smell like pee. That was the one you meant to do. What an amazing riddle that you failed to solve. Ah, ah, what a well-designed dungeon this is. No, I'm so sorry. This is the tummy. This is the stomach where all the food gets digested. I am Lord Gum. I'm invulnerable to digestion, obviously. Uh, this That makes this my domain. You are now my my servants. You are now my, uh, my, what's the word I'm looking for? Subjects. You are now my subjects. You will do what I will. And there is no escape from here at all you know there's there's not a lot of food here this kid has pica he's uh he's a he's a skinny boy he's he, he i mean it's <laughs> the main thing is that he uses a lot of that energy constantly the second it hits here it's, whew, it's gone it's turned into energy like rapidly like he's speed running life mlg no time for donation readings <laughs> but if you're trying to get out of here you should know that the only two ways out of here are uh the way that you came in or uh down into the intestines under the uh the surface of the acid lake which would be pretty painful to to travel don't through like i that. imagine don't like that. It'd be a shitty way to go yeah <laughs> ah, 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 ah. 
Bazinga! I heard that. He heard that echo from <laughs> the other hole. He goes, "Good one." Is that you, <laughs> guys? I think God's still talking. You get you get an inspiration. <laughs> well done, Brad. I feel bad for earning that. <laughs> you should. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so yeah, you're here forever. So first order business, I guess. Tell me how much you like me. Um, and I, uh, you know, I stick my. And you hand- don't have to do anything he says, obviously. But you know, I stick my hand out to him and I say, "Hey, uh, Scott Wilson, Channel Six meteorologist. Uh, you may have heard of me. Hi, I want to know how uh, how are you surviving in here? And we, uh, what kind of magic do you have keeping you alive? Uh, well, I mean, I am, I am." gum so i'll never die i'm i'm as infinite as time itself i could i could never expire that's just science i was also i was blessed by a candy witch so <laughs> i that's why i'm sentient and can feel you know pain and, and loneliness and, and ennui and and uh, anxiety and all that kind of fun stuff really love feeling all those things love to have emotions definitely didn't prefer just being non-sentient piece of gum definitely not lonely all the time but yeah no i'm gonna i'll be alive forever as far as i know Young adult literature really missed how specific witches are. Like, <laughs> have y'all noticed that since we got here? Like, they really zero in on something. So, is the big mound of gum something that I could climb on top of to get higher in the stomach? Ah, that's a great question. Why don't you roll investigation? Okay. Got it. So, you get to add a d4 to it. I got a 17 plus 4, so. Wow. Uh, so you can tell if you could either physically stretch this thing or convince it to stretch, there's more than enough matter within this piece of gum to essentially make a gum ladder out of the tummy. Uh, Ronnie would like to try tickling the gum to see if it will react. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. Above. Uh, just like a harmless tickle, as, as innocent as you can take that sentence. <laughs> sure. Just a harmless, without warning, uh, non-consensual tickle. Uh, roll, I guess, either sleight of hand or dexterity? Um, I'm gonna roll dexterity, uh, uh, which is a 15, with guidance plus 4 is a 19. Wow. So immediately he goes, oh, 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 what, what is this? What, what is this? I tickled. It feels funny. Why, why are you doing? What are you doing? And, he, and immediately you can see that his, um, the surface tension of his body begins to loosen up a little bit. Like he was, you know, more solid and more tight and you've essentially made him, uh, more viscous. What a tragedy. <laughs> hey, hey, um, Scott, you know, he, he looks kind of like he's, he's changing states of matter a little bit there and he's getting kind of liquidy. You just made that that stomach acid move around. Maybe while he's all shook up like this, you could shape him and, and make us a, a ladder. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I get what you're saying. I'll put some of my store magic on that. I uh, try to cast Shape of Water. Or Shape Water. No, no you cast the Shape of Water. No, no. Fish man comes out. Has sex with the gum. With <laughs> and Guillermo del Toro wins an Oscar for some reason. <laughs> Um, I'm going to cast Shape Water at uh, the cantrip on the gum. We're definitely in the bad hole. Okay, cool. Uh, so it works. Uh, it is It is immediately, you can see its whole big body beginning to, 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 to bend to your will. And he's like, whoa, what's this feeling? This is weird. What are you doing? This is not becoming of a, of a subject of, of King Gum. What are you doing? <laughs> it kind of tickles, though. It feels kind of nice, though, just to see anybody and any kind of interaction. <laughs> I'm kind of enjoying. What's, 
What are we doing? I am shaping water. It kind of looks like in uh, Avatar when Katara is like just trying to water bend. The water's just kind of like mounding up just barely. Um, and as the gum kind of mounds up to where my hands are, I just give it a little, a little pet, like a little scratch behind the ear, basically. The weird, horrible, fleshy gum ear. So a little tendril of gum extends from where its leg would be and it starts like tapping the ground, like twitching in joy as Aww. he's like, oh, that feels fun. That's, that's <laughs> nice. I like that. That's nice. That's cool. That's fun. What are we doing? What would you? Yeah, you guys are great. My puppies at home love that. That's right there. That's their spot right there. I feel very relaxed. So are we still floating on like around? Yes, you're still floating on these little islands. Okay, we're apart from the gum, Lord Gum. Oh, we're, yeah, yes, right. unless you Good want call. to be connected think to about him. that. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Lindy. Uh, yeah, I think I'm just going to start trying to stretch this thing into a ramp. This this person, I'm so sorry. Um, this person, this gum man, into uh, like a ramp towards where we came from. Cool. Um, because you both petted him and tickled him, he does not resist what you're doing. So he, you just successfully stretch him up. And he's like, oh, this is so, oh, all the tension is just melting away. I'm feeling so, oh, so limber. Yes, yes, yeah. And he just begins to turn into this big old slide that heads up to the, uh, to the hole that you fell out of. And you can now climb him like a person ladder. Gross. Hey, remember, Scott, hands on the verticals, feet on the horizontals. Three points of contact all the whole time. Yep. Somebody does rock climbing. <laughs> cool. Ronnie says thank you to Lord Gum. Thank you, Ronnie. Yeah. We're be- I, I've, <laughs> it's been so long since I had a cool friend to hang out with who would tickle me in a way that I didn't see coming, but ended up kind of liking. So that's fun. Feel free to come back anytime. You know what, Lord Gum? We might we might do that. You know, it, before we met you, one hundred percent of people that we've met here have attacked us. So you are <laughs> you are number one in our book. Oh shucks. Thank you. So I love you. I didn't say that. What did I? What, who said that? That's crazy. No, you know what? You know what? God loves all His children. I love you too. Oh, you're one of those. <laughs> okay, never mind. Maybe let's. Maybe you don't. You can hang out every once. Can you? Can you guys oh, come over without him? Okay. Yep. Okay. I just don't. I just don't like being preached at. You know, I've got my own. Keep it to yourself. That's all I'm saying. Oh, you said it first, but that's cool. All right, later, bud. I'm also a hypocrite. That's also my thing. Um, so <laughs> you successfully managed to crawl out of the stomach, uh, and as you think, he's like, I hope you like the puzzle. Uh, and so now we can switch to the kidneys. So Glenn and, uh, Casca both plummet down into, uh, a cave that smells slightly faintly of urine. And you see, uh, a pair of happy, healthy, filtering e kidneys above you with faces and they're just chugging along going kidneys kidneys filtering out stuff from the pee kidneys kidneys how happy can we be oh oh and then you guys uh jump in and they go oh ooh, who, who who are you who are you are, have you come to be filtered you you could we could we could filter you out and put you in the pee or in the bloodstream whatever there's all kinds of things that kidneys could do i mean there's not all kind. there's mainly the one thing but we're good at it do you want to what's going on hi 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 i'm left kidney i'm right kidney Right kidney has a cold. <laughs> this is uh, slightly awkward, but we're here to um, remove one of you. Uh, ex- uh, mm, uh, excuse me? Why? What? <laughs> well, well, there's, there's, there's a very sick child, you see, and we're hoping you can help. Oh, a sick child? Who? Who? Well, it looks rather like yourself, actually. Um, so if you wouldn't mind just sort of, you know, severing and chopping and... and and leaving for a moment, um, we'll be taking one of you. So roll persuasion. 
Oh, I'm going to burn in my uh, inspiration on that too. That is a 14 on that persuasion with my inspiration bet. <clears throat> can I help out with that role if I say, like, um, we're here to help you out and we're hoping that we can help you come make some whole new friends? Ooh, I like that. So, yeah, go ahead and assist that role. Um, 22 before guidance. So, 26. Gracious. Okay, so, yeah. Uh, initially, they 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 hear Casca's uh, pitch and they go, "But we love it here. We love Sparrow so much. He's our good boy." And but the second that you say new friends, uh, right? Kitty goes, oh, "What what do you mean by 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 new friends? Who who who? What kind of friends might might we make? We love friends." And Left Kitty goes, "Yes, we love friends so very much. To be to be near people. That's that's truly what life is all about. That and filtering things into pee." These are are your 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 brothers. <gasps> So left kidney immediately gasps and goes, Lord needs a kidney. And right kidney goes, good. And left kidney goes, how dare you? And right kidney goes, you don't, you don't understand. None of you understand. Our entire existence is about proving that we are stronger than our brother, our twin brother, that we are the superior twin. If he needs something that we can give him, that means we are the stronger of the two and we will finally defeat him in single combat. And left kidney goes, how dare you? No. And right kidney goes, I don't listen to left kidney. You guys are going to have to convince me to give up left kidney or myself because I just want to be superior to my brother all the time. And that's my motivation as an NPC. So try to try to disabuse me of that, if you will. (laughs) One of us only lies and one of us tells the truth. (laughs) (laughs) one of us pees and one of us doesn't and as he says that uh the aperture uh, at the top of the the cave opens and the three of you that just came from the stomach plummet in and are now part of the scene we made it welcome friends hey thanks sorry we're late it's good to not uh, split the party anymore yeah but but don't let us interrupt you know this is your time to shine so (laughs) very good uh one of these two um is somewhat more willing than the other to go peacefully are we in a dad huddle right now? Dad. Oh no, I was just talking. We we could we could uh, <laughs> huddle if you want. <laughs> so my thinking is that if one of them wants to make the other brother weaker, then he can go into the other body and intentionally make the son have to pee all the time or something to weaken him during combat. <laughs> like it's like he's an inside man. <laughs> weekend twin. <laughs> I like that okay. play. Yeah. So that that's not a bad idea. Um one, you know, one maybe note uh, on that. I I think that's more of a bladders kind of job description than kidney. Do, well, do, we, we can ask if, these guys. They can they can tell us how much control they have over that, right? We could ask them if one of them has a stone and make that one go. To- <laughs> or or we can even put a stone. What if it's yeah. like, hey, yeah, like listen, you, you, we're gonna. He, he, yeah, you save his life, but hey, there's a hitchhiker. Start. I think this is right. Collecting all the uric acid, just start forming it. You know. Yeah. So, old. so you know, that's great, actually, because so whenever my two beautiful girls, Robin and Dove, kind of <laughs> have some Fuck jealousy. Fuck you. <laughs> take, take whatever the opposite of inspiration is. <laughs> Desperation. <laughs> Some sometimes you know there's like some jealousy issues, and it's like yeah, yeah, like like you kind of gotta. It's like putting the broccoli in the cake. You gotta trick them into doing the right thing, you know. So yeah, that's it. The that's broccoli it. Broccoli in uh, a cake. Jesus Christ! You're even worse than Henry. The broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> that is a common thing in parenting, sir. Is it really? Um, 
Yes. Oh, wow. Specifically. Okay. I've never done it, but I know parents that have. Okay. I take it back um, that it is a bad thing if it's a real thing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, we, we say, hey, we go with, with Ronnie's idea. It's, it's brilliant. And I mean, this is a, a magical world. We could probably just like put something in the kidney, you know, to simulate a kidney stone, maybe like, like, a, like a pearl oyster grain of sand situation, you know? Or we can just ask the kidney to purposefully do a bad job. Yeah, can the kidney do that? That's a great idea. Okay. I didn't think I was going to get to use my spell shape uric acid, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so, Casca and um, Damages Glenn Close, you seem to have a little bit of a rapport uh, with these kidneys here. Maybe you guys want to pitch it to them? Uh, sure. I, I think we should probably um, keep the stone idea in, um, what, what is it the, the four of you call it? The old back pocket? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was yes. really shocked whenever I found out that you didn't have those here, and that was just an us thing. That was Favorite <laughs> only has front pockets. It's so yeah. weird. We, we only, yes, we only um, have um, that's terrible. You'd be very easily pickpocketed with a pocket in the back. I'm just enjoying having it's pockets at all. It's not wrong. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. But did, did you have another idea, Costco? Did you have something else you were thinking? Well, one of them seems very willing. I was going to ask, what is it that one can do to stop the other? Like, what power does right kidney have over left kidney? That's a fair point. I mean, they don't seem to have arms. They just sort of have these, you know... The veins. Sort of sort of tubes. So, um, <laughs> You know, not, not for nothing, because you, you weren't there, so it would be crazy for us to expect you to know this, but we did just have an encounter with a sentient piece of gum that turned into a ladder. So, <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad idea. Weird flex. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it just maybe maybe we get a curveball and just yeah. Curved ball sounds terrible. It wouldn't throw terribly well at all. Uh, you're not wrong. Um. Hmm. Uh, so I mean, we can we, try it, right? Like we can ask. So the plan is to take a piece of gum from the gum person and then put it in the kidney. Or am I mishearing? Oh no no sorry that oh. was just a that that was just a you know absence of arms does not denote absence of ability to act therein. But I mean, but yeah, what's the harm in asking, right? Sure. I wonder if there's maybe a play to be made that there's, uh, if you want to prove you're stronger, then you show that you don't need a friend, right? You don't need to be part of a, a duo. That's really good. You can just say like, listen, I stand, I stand alone. The kidney stands alone and I've got this. I can handle this whole job by myself and you need three or five or however many. It's all on me. That's I like brilliant. what you're thinking. With with a small twist, I think this this other we'll, we'll say right kidney seems to think of itself as superior. Mm -hmm. So perhaps we issue a claim of cowardice that it is afraid to be on its own, afraid to do the deed, as it were, by itself. A little reverse psychology. Doesn't feel like it could survive without its left superior kidney, and see if we can sort of double dupe it in that sort of fashion. I I like that plan. Mm. So we have. Convince it by means of reversed psychology superiority complex. Back up. Work out physically what's stopping left kidney from leaving. Option three. Offer slash threaten to put a stone in one of them. If they don't comply or uh, as, as incentive to comply. We've got some viable options here and some fallbacks. I think the kidney stone idea could be we convince right kidney that we've implanted a stone in left kidney, and then right kidney will let left kidney leave, knowing that kidney will be less effective with a kidney Ooh. stone. Subterfuge, most cunning. Subterfuge. Then we're not putting a kidney stone in a small child. I like that. Yeah. I also, you know, these are kids, so I'm not huge on giving a kid a kidney stone. Happy to keep that one in the back pocket. <laughs> 
Yeah. Mm, indeed. You remember indeed. what we saw in the stomach, right? Like, I mean, you're not wrong, but I do feel like kidney stones are the least of this kid's <laughs> medical health. Oh, issues. who among us hasn't swallowed a pack or two of gum? Come on. <laughs> I was referring to the, the wrappers and the looked like pieces of plates and, and beads, maybe. But you two but yeah, you know, Snickers wrapper? Y- you're right. You're right. You're right. Who, who, who am I to cast that. stones? That's not what we're here for. Well, we're that's here exactly. to, well maybe, to ca- maybe to cast a stone in a kidney. Oh, oh but other than that, we're not here for that. <laughs> like the, these dissident moments between what Brad knows and what Casca knows, that um, some gum in the stomach versus a kidney stone is just <laughs> so far yeah, right. from one another. Casca's like, yeah, that sounds about right. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Casca, do you know what gum is? <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay, so what would you like to do? We were wondering, I mean, why are you clearly so scared to be without the other kidney? What terrifies you so weakenedly that uh, you, you just can't bear to be apart? Ooh, I like that. Give me a, an intimidation roll, I think. And I put my hand on his shoulder and mumble a little prayer under my breath and cast guidance. Ooh, I get to add plus three to my four. So terrible. <laughs> uh, uh, so right kidney goes like, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to turn me against my fellow kidney. It's not going to work. We're like two peas in a pod. We finish each other's sandwiches. We are the best of friends. <laughs> I would miss him. Sure. Yes, of course I would miss him because I love I love my kidney friend. I love my brother. But more than that, I would resent the fact that our weaker brother, Lark, would have a one up, would have a far superior kidney to whatever ones he has in his silly little inferior, probably slightly younger than me body. I'm pretty sure I came out first. Wouldn't you be more like two kidney beans in a pod? Oh, clever boy. Look at you. Look at you. Clever, clever boy. Kidneys are beans, too. I should have seen that one coming. Dick. Dick. Get it, get it. You get inspiration? I don't want to take inspiration for that, but I will. <laughs> so, um, I mean, if you don't want, uh, no, I mean, right, kidney, you seem to be in charge here. Um, if you don't want your brother uh, having the superior kidney, we could just take you instead. That's probably fine. Oh, as like an enemy, or what? Are, what are you talking about? Are you trying to? Are you trying threat? Is that a threat, or is it a night? What? What is go? How? I'm not quite sure how to take that. Well, it was something of a burn, you see, implying that you were the the, the less. You know what? Oh, was, fuck uh, you! Oh, I get it. No, I get it. I get yes. it. I'm smart. Yes, I'm not like everybody obscure. says. I'm smart. I know. I know what you're getting at. Rude. Roll intimidation again. <laughs> Guys, who, who knew that they had negging in the Forgotten Realms? I wasn't expecting. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Eat my whole butt. <laughs> that kind of stuff doesn't work. I mean, you can't neg me. I'm impervious to the game. These kidneys have definitely attended a conference at some point. Right. Um, well, I mean, failing that, we were, I mean, we, we were a little curious as to what exactly could you do to stop us from taking you? Oh, boy. Well, we could always call in a great deal of white blood cells. We could call in an army of about 100 of them. It seems kind of rude that, to think that you would just come in and take us against our will. That's left kidney, by the way. Right kidney's like, try it, bitch! Try it! You can't do shit! Yeah, that, that, that would be kidney napping. Oh, oh boy. Oh. oh, boy. I don't support that one. You've already got inspiration, but now know that you have my disapproval. <laughs> Ronnie sidles up to right kidney and says, uh, listen, right kidney, we know you love left kidney. Yes. And maybe the only thing you love more than left kidney is the idea of beating the other brother, right? In combat? You've correctly identified my dramatic wants, yes. One idea is, you know, you could be an inside man inside 
the sun. If you went into Lark or Sparrow or whichever one needs the kidney. Lark. If you went into Lark, you could incapacitate him and weaken him only in combat, of course, with Sparrow. But still, be an inside man to give left kidney advantage when you two meet in combat, which is inevitable, of course. Roll persuasion with advantage. I got a 16 and a 7, so 16. Okay. So with a 16, the kidney narrows its kidney eyes at you (laughs) and goes, You may have a point. An inside man, I could do a lot more damage from within than from without if it came to that. Now, of course, until then, I'll behave like a good little kidney, filtering out all all the toxins and stuff and helping him pee good and stuff. I'll do all that normal kidney stuff, sure, sure. But when he's least expecting it, when he's fighting with my true father, what do I refer to the person that I live inside as? Whatever. Host home. My, my, my true mate man, Sparrow, then I'll create a kidney stone within myself and it'll really hurt when he pees. I've heard it's a real bummer. I've heard it's one of the worst pains a human being can experience. Exactly. I'll hit him with that stuff. Heck yeah. Yeah. I raise my hand for a high five and I say, let's do it. Oh. So uh, it has no limbs. So it's just kind of like, it tries to strain its entire mass like near you. Like, (laughs) what slip? So uh, it goes, okay, if any of you have some sort of uh, uh, blade, feel free to uh, cut me loose. And then, uh, and then I guess we can go see about getting into uh, my nemesis, Lark. Uh, Glenn whips out a rapier and says, I got you right here. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, a rapier? Uh, lo- Isn't that a stabbing loving weapon? The, uh, lo- loving the energy, Glenn, but, uh, <laughs> un- unless you're sort of planning to put sort of, uh, you know, perforated holes and tear. Yeah. <laughs> I think possibly, possibly my longsword might be the uh, superior a- choice in this situation. <laughs> notebook paper. It's metal oh. for stabbing, but they they have edges, so you can't grab them uh, in combat. Oh, I mean, they, they do now. Now, they Costco, do Costco, not true. to. I don't want to get too indignant. But this is the House of Spirits, Glenn Did Close. Did you say Costco? <laughs> I heard that too. Costco. <laughs> it definitely sounded like you called him Costco. <laughs> this is the Chum Scrubbers, Glenn Close, who was born to William Taliferro Close, who was a doctor uh, and operated a clinic in the Congo. And so if anybody knows how to do a nephrectomy, it's going to be 102 Dalmatians, Glenn Close. In the Congo, my father used a rapier, and if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, he was the personal physician of the dictator, actually, but... Whoa! Sorry, sorry, television's been close. I didn't mean to just out your family history there. My bad. Thought I was a fan. Turns out I didn't know what I thought I knew. Can Scott and I use shocking grasp to cauterize the wounds? Fantastic. Yes, absolutely do that. Yeah! Yeah, I suppose with the aid of a rapier, if anybody else wants to jump in and help as well. I mean, I have a dagger, too, whatever, but... (laughs) (laughs) With the aid of a, 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 a variety of bladed weapons that we don't need to go into because you're technically cutting up the insides of a small child uh, and uh, shocking grass to cauterize the, uh, the holes left behind, you managed to successfully detach right kidney from its mooring. Yay. And then you hear a voice from all around you uh, in 4D space saying, have you done it? Is the kidney free? That's an affirmative. Yeah, we got it right here. Lovely, lovely. Okay, so here's what you need to do. You need to find a way back out with the kidney. I can't really reach in and get you because of the whole stone skin thing. So you're going to have to find a clever way out of here. Copy that. Or you'll die. Again, not trying to be a, not trying to be a bummer, just reminding you of the stakes. <laughs> 
Well, I, I suppose there are only really three ways out, and two of the three are um, not, not, not really anywhere that, a, that a, a, the number of grown adults should ever be going on a child. So um, perhaps we make for the mouth. Thank you for coming to that conclusion before I had to explain it. <laughs> because, yeah, you're going to want to get vomited out. You're not going to want to do with the other options. Hey, we've got an inside man in the stomach. This is perfect. He's he loves us. What? Well, not me so much, which was a, a turn I I didn't see coming. But um, but yeah, he'll he'd do us a favor. He owes us the one. The sentient right? gum did seem pretty lonely. Maybe we could convince him to like shake things up and you know exercise himself from the stomach cavity with us. There, we could, and we, we we tell him we'll carry him with us on all of our further escapade. Like like. He's the newest member of our party. We're, he's our new best bud. I don't mind carrying him behind my ear, you know, like in Willy Wonka. <laughs> okay, I appreciate the enthusiasm. We might need to circle back and talk about that. But for now, awesome. Yeah, you're a team player. <laughs> That's cool. Um, hey, Anthony, how big is this kidney in relation to us? The kidney is basically as big of, as one of you. So any place that you can go, the kidney can also go. Oh, it, it can like it has its own form of locomotion. Like no, like, I mean one of you it. have to carry it, but um, it, it's 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 not so big that you're gonna have to like Winnie the Pooh it through like doorways. And stuff. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. Oh, I have no idea. Winnie the Pooh when he when he overeats on honey, it's a, it's a classic. He gets his butt stuck. Yeah, you got to push him. Aww. Yeah, classic body horror. Um, <laughs> so there is a body uh, there's shaming. A, you think about yeah, it, it is body shaming. Actually, yeah, that is the horrific part is the body shame. Um, there is a ladder leading out of the kidney cave. If you wanted to go back to the stomach, you could do so quite easily. Cool. Uh, well, all right. Well, who's gonna carry this thing on their back? Because you know, I threw my back out uh, a couple years ago, and I. I don't know if I can do it. Oh, back injuries are no jokes. So we we don't want to aggravate that. Um, Costco, you're a pretty stout young man. What what do you, what do you think? Uh, absolutely, I can I can do so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Costco, maybe we fix good sir kidney here. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to assume your gender. Ki- kidney, kidney. What are you? What are your pronouns? Kidney. Uh, I am kidney. You- <laughs> okay. No pronouns around the kidney. Noted. So anyway, we'll fix the kidney to your back. Yeah, I'll uh, just uh, quickly tie the, um, the the venous to arterial connections together and just sort of, you know, use it as a, a kind of a satchel sort of um, situation. So it's <laughs> the uh, most grotesque sort of camelback pack ever. Absolutely. <laughs> just, uh, just this visceral creature uh, slung across my back that sounds... Right. Wonderful. Yeah, just, just the worst squelchy noises as you tie it to well, Of course. What other noises would it possibly make? <laughs> You're as, your as we are ascending the ladder, I'm going to be behind him, and I am going to you know, be praying kind of to myself and ritually cast gentle repose on the kidney, which is uh, you touch a corpse or other remains, and for the duration, the target is protected from decay. Oh, great. That's awesome. Yeah. So this kidney is going to be fresh AF whenever it gets to its new home. Um, magical profusion pump. Fantastic. Okay, so uh, you climb out of the kidney cave, and I assume you head into the stomach cave? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So. Water slide. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, there was stomach acid, guys. We should maybe, uh, yeah, we don't want to fall on the acid, because that hurt. Make an island? Yeah, is, is there, uh, how far down is this? Like, like is, can, we, can, can we fast rope, or, or yeah, is the, is the gun is ladder, the gun still, ladder there? still there? Yeah. Uh, the gun ladder is still there. So the second that you get near the aperture and it opens up, you can see him at the opening going, hey, guys! What's up? I forgot what voice I had. Oh, it was this voice. Hello, friends. <laughs> Welcome back. Oh, I've missed you so in the last 45 seconds. Oh, what a pleasure to see you again. Who's this friend? Oh, it's Kidney. I'm right, Kidney. Hello. 
What's up? What brings you here? Kidney and gum, you guys probably don't get to hang out a lot. Do you want to maybe- Not really, no! I would prefer just to talk to you. Um, I reached down, you know, I, I, um, I've been missing my dogs a lot. And I think, uh, these guys kind of, they have, uh, the same Wheaton Terrier happy energy or this uh, gum guy does. So I'm going to scratch it, uh, down beneath my feet. And I say, Hey buddy, we are just trying to get, uh, vomited out to be so, so indelicate. If you have the ability to do that. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, first of all, ah, that feels nice. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, we're such good friends. Um, I suppose I could, I could start making some splashy splashies in here and really try to extend my girth such that the digestive system might be worried that there's some sort of poison in here, or I could just start climbing back up and that might activate the gag reflex and send us all hurtling out. I'm not sure. Lord Gum, has Sparrow ever vomited? Sparrow, uh, I think, I think in fact he has vomited, but he never wants to admit it because he thinks it makes him sound weak. So he's probably tried to make it seem like all of his vomits were super intentional and were a new method of attack. He calls it biological warfare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a vulture thing. You vomit as an attack mode. Yeah, he's done it to psych out Lark. Back to the plan. How are you going to try to get out of here with uh, King Gum's help or Lord Gum? Yeah, I think if Lord Gum snakes his way up, I mean, I assume that would make sparrow cough right and like cough up the piece of gum yeah i think so and then maybe we could could we make lark then swallow the piece of gum and that's how we get into the next chamber oh wow <laughs> disgusting but that's <laughs> <really gum done. laughs> yeah no that that's Ooh. a that's a holistic plan i way to go okay that's, yeah that's that's i assume there will that. be a similar piece of gum in lark's body for lord gum to meet that's totally true Wait, but did we did we make a promise to lord gum that he was going to get to come with us because that could it's up to him he can come with us or if he meets new friends in lark yeah, he get, he gets to hang out with lark that's awesome yeah. lark lark's lark's cool right right i bet lark doesn't have pika <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so lord gum hears you talking about this plan he goes oh what a delightful plan so what i can do is i can turn myself into sort of a sort of a tube like an egg roll of gum and just encircle <laughs> all of you in one long snaky kind of thing and then i can undulate oh this is such this is horrible i can undulate my way up his esophagus <laughs> activate his gag reflex and then a little bit of coughing a little bit of vomiting pachoo we're out of there uh, and then hopefully we can then make the other one, or actually no, the other one, she, he doesn't have stone skin on, so they could just give him a normal, uh, no, it's more fun if we, yeah, the, we'll do the thing that you said. <laughs> He's going to swallow us like a big old gum snake, and then we're going to go down in and put the new kidney in, and then I'm going to get to go maybe see if there's somebody else fun in the tummy. So let's do that, I guess. You know, Ronnie, whenever you suggested this, I thought it was an incredible plan. Now that Lord Gum has described it. It's still an incredible plan, but I'm dreading every second of it. Yeah, so Lord Gum encircles all of you and then begins uh, to basically, like a very large worm or snake, slither its way up Sparrow's esophagus. Once it reaches about the halfway point of his trachea, the gag reflex begins to take hold and his trachea contracts on itself. So everybody... Give me a constitution roll as the walls suddenly come in and try to crush you within this gum. So we thought this was a Dungeons and Daddies spinoff, but it's a Mountain of Dadness spinoff. Yeah, this is... Uh, 18. Uh, 13. 30, 20. 14. 
22. Nice. So everybody got above a 10, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Great. So yeah, this, the, the, the trachea tries to close it on you and force you back down. But all of you are just such strong lads <laughs> that when it cr- comes in and tries to crush you and tries to crush Lord Gummy, he's like, oh, this could hurt. And then all of you are just so strong that you basically act like interior scaffolding and you prevent him from collapsing or being crushed downward. And the Lord Gum snake creature that it now has taken the form of manages to snake its way out and you see daylight in the distance as Sparrow's open mouth gets closer and closer and his horrible teeth because Henry probably doesn't believe in dentists or some bullshit comes into view. (laughs) (laughs) And you exit the mouth and you're in daylight and and you're just flopping on his chest like a weird wriggling fish and you see the (laughs) two-dimensional witch come and peek into the the opening at the top of the snake and go is that you that's that's all of you yes yes ah i see i see the kidney back there well done well done indeed okay so this next part's gonna be equally gross everyone close your eyes and close your noses and she pinches the front (laughs) of the snake shut so that you don't see what's happening she's like it's better if you don't see this and um that tracks Tracks. She goes, say ah, and Lark goes, ah, and you feel your entire ship of gum vibrating, and then everything gets very dark, and then things are moving very quickly. It's like Space Mountain. It's a fucking dark roller coaster ride as you go down into Sparrow's digestive system, and you, and then splat, and everything stops moving, and the gum atop you unfolds and opens up and you find yourself in an identical room to the one you would come out of in uh, Sparrow's body with three poles in the ground. Things I do for art. (laughs) (laughs) True method actress, Glenn Close. (laughs) To star in Osmosis Jones (laughs) 2. Exactly. Wow. Okay. So we know the deal on this one, right? We know which hole to, we we know where the good hole is. Does not get better. Yeah, we'll just, okay. we'll give it a little sniff. <laughs> yeah, sniff that good hole, you dirty, dirty boys. Um, yes, so the, uh, just like in the other body, same three holes, same three smells, acid, uh, nothing, basically just meanness, and uh, and then a slight bit of urine. Oh, we know which one to do, so. Lord Gum, we know which one is the stomach, so if you want to go visit and see if maybe there's another Lord Gum, now's your chance, but we're going to go to the kitties now. Okay, I, I I suppose I'll go check it out. But it's been a, it's been a delight seeing you. If there's nothing down there, then I'll come back. But if there's somebody and I I don't get mentioned again because Anthony forgot about me, just assume it's because <laughs> I met another very nice piece of gum and that we're best friends. And you've totally made my life demonstrably better by having met me. And we can all feel like we got a, a W out of this one. Okay, wonderful, Lord Gum, Lord Gum. Before you go, just know that if you go down there and there's not a nice piece of gum, and some sort of like turf war ensues, we got your back. Oh, thank you. That's so kind of you. Uh, that's also a thing that could be like, you remember the end of the Super Mario Brothers movie where Princess Daisy comes in and has a gun? And she's like, you, you're not going to believe this. And it like sets up a sequel. <laughs> that could be how we end this session is I come in and like, you, you're not going to believe this. Uh, but maybe not. Who knows? And he leaps into the, uh, the, the stomach hole and disappears from view. Uh, so you head down into the kidney hole and it looks significantly different than what you saw in Sparrow's kidney cave because the two kidneys here seem to have been essentially wailed on by what looks to be a large green ogre that seems to be radiating this kind of like poisonous energy, I guess. Like somebody cast a magic bolt of poison, essentially, and this is the physical manifestation of it. And it just goes, we hate kidneys. Kidneys so bad. Kidneys suck. I don't, I don't care about them. And he's just punching them. And the kidneys are basically unconscious. And they're going, oh. Oh, I'm so sorry, Lark. I'm sorry. We couldn't stop this piece of shit. Oh, I'm so sorry. And then right kidney goes, 
Mm, nobody gets to beat up my brother's kidneys other than me. Here's what you need to do, guys. I need you to basically spend three turns of combat sewing me in to the veins and stuff there. But while that's happening, I suspect that that ogre thing is going to be trying to beat me up. You have to protect me while somebody successfully manages to sew me in. And once we've done that, we can get out of here for good, if that's what you're cool with. Or or, if, or, or you might have a better idea. I don't know. That's just sort of my plan. Oh, that's, that's a good plan. I do have a question. Does it, does it have to be like like three... like? continuous rounds of combat or can we get like no two sorry it, it just then... has to be just three successful checks to uh, uh fix me to lark's uh veins i guess or whatever that part of the body that the kidney is attached to oh, okay gotcha well you know guys i'm you know the pacifist in the group so m- maybe maybe i'm the best fit to do the stitching while you guys you guys fight i'm the one who loves kicking ass with storm magic so fuck yeah <laughs> okay okay yeah all right, if anybody would like to start combat or whatever, we can do that and then start rolling initiative. Because he hasn't noticed it yet, so he also get a surprise attack this round. Awesome. Um, yeah, Glenn will absolutely run forward and uh, stab the ogre. Okay, go ahead and give me your attack. All right, so that's 17. That'll do it. Okay. So, um, as a swashbuckler with rakish audacity, because nobody else is near, I get sneak attack and all kinds of fun stuff. So, um that is 16 points of damage. Wow. 16? Okay, okay, so yeah, you managed to, what, you, you shank this thing? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, you shank it, and all of a sudden it turns around and goes, oh, that like almost one third of my total hit points, you dick. <laughs> um, and with that, everybody roll initiative. People are really into fractions here. Ronnie got 15. 16. 14. Uh, 16 also. 21. Yeah. Uh, Casco, what is your dexterity? Uh, dexterity 11 modifier of zero. Oh, okay. So I go first then because I have 15. This ogre is going to get his life ruined. He's last in initiative. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Glenn, it is your go. Okay. I think maybe, I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but if the ogre is starting to like look around at everybody, um, she looks him straight in the eye and she's like, I will not be ignored, Ogre. <laughs> That's great. You get inspiration. And she, uh, she lunges in for... That's another 21 <laughs> to hit. All the dice. 8, 9, plus 6. 15 points of damage. Okay. Sorry, damages. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes! So you hit this ogre so hard, and you teach it the meaning of pain so suddenly and with such <laughs> alacrity that immediately it develops a fatal attraction for you, and it's going to try to <laughs> harm you exclusively once its turn comes around. Okay, good. Uh, Scott, We're back to the BDSM podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am going to cast Chaos Bolt. You hurl an undulating, warbling mass of chaotic energy at one creature in range. Um, so I will make my range spell attack. That's a 19. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Yep. Um, okay, you take 2d8 plus 1d6 of damage. <laughs> Jeez Louise! Your career is over. Um, okay, that's an 8. That's another 8. Holy fuck. And that's a five. Jesus Christ. So 16 plus five, 21 damage. Okay. So you hit it so hard and it was very attracted to Glenn for the amount of damage that it did. And then you did that. And now it's like, well, uh, you're all so good at hurting me. Fuck. <laughs> I hate you. But I, I'm, I'm impressed. It's a respectful kind of impressed. Oh, you're, you're all dicks, but game recognized game. <laughs> <laughs> Casca. Um, so I'm going to need to throw the kidney to uh, Hank. Are we free actioning that or move actioning that? I would say free. 
sensational. Uh, I'm going to start by doing that, and then I'm going to charge the ogre and um, attempt to hit it with some divine smite. Delightful. Um, that is an 18 to hit. Uh, do it. And with the smitiness, so I did 19 damage. You did 19? Fuck! Okay, so... The ogre. So describe how your divine smite. Like, what does it look like? What do you do? Uh, I'm going to raise my longsword thusly and uh, cry out, "The power of tear, damn you!" And uh, just sort of bring it down straight onto the ogre's stupid, stupid face. <laughs> okay. So what happens is, you know, like in animes where like somebody gets slashed or whatever, and they just stay in place, and then like after a second, <laughs> their body bisects, and the two halves kind of move a little bit separate. That's basically what happens here. The like slice goes through and it looks like you maybe missed. There's no blood. There's no nothing. And the ogre immediately looks to Ronnie and Hank and goes, I'm, I'm sorry that you're not going to get your turn. And then it's, it splits in the middle open like a, like a zipper being unzipped. And it's two halves just and just peel away from each other like different uh, leaves on a banana peel. And it just hits the ground and is beyond dead it had seven hp left and you took off it's now at negative 12 hp and it is extremely dead you are out of combat there's nothing stopping you from just installing this kidney dnd combat is bad <laughs> but yeah uh, so basically you just install the kidney i assume and right kidney is plugged right in the, in the next to Lark's left and right kidney. And he goes, ha ha, you guys, you have no idea what you're in for. I'm going to filter the shit out of this pee. I mean, not literally. That's a horrible thing to say. That's, I didn't mean, I didn't mean it that way. I'm going to be very good at my job and I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep Lark alive, but only so that I can prove that I'm better than him. And the other kidneys are like, <coughs> cool. And that's the end of that conversation. Uh, but as that happens and you're, you're celebrating your victory, you realize you only have 90 seconds to get out of Lark before you return to your original size. And you hear the slurping, sticking, undulating noises of Lord Gum coming out of the stomach. And he goes, there's nobody down there. And I was lonely and I love you. Let's get out of here. Let's blow this popsicle joint. <laughs> and it opens up. And uh, you all crawl in and with, I feel like I could make you roll, but like, I'm not, there's no possibility you're not going to get out of this because Lark can't die at this point in the timeline. So <laughs> you get rolled up back up into a gum roll by Lord Gum. You exit the mouth of Lark just as the time runs out. The second you guys are out of his mouth, all of a sudden, all five of you once again become your normal adult size and you just uh, sort of collapse the table that Lark is on. And he goes, oh, ow, that, that hurts. I just had surgery. Oh, guys, guys, you gotta get off. You gotta get off. Uh, and uh, <laughs> you do. And he immediately is like, I have to poop. And the, the dimensional witch goes, that's not going to happen for quite a while. Um, and <laughs> Walter uh, goes, so, so you did it? Did you, did, you, did you get the kidney into him? Uh, we did. Yeah. Yep. Successfully. Oh, I'm so thankful. I'm so, so happy. Oh, thank, thank you guys so much. I, I, and it gives you each uh, a packet of uh, 200 gold. So each of you individually now have 200 gold. And it gives you a box with a wondrous item in it that you can open at any time, not in this session, and find out what the wondrous item is. And Because uh, I don't want to look it up. Any other session of this one shot. Yeah, yeah. once we do another uh, completely separate one shot involving these characters, which we probably never do. But... He goes, I, I just want to thank you guys uh, so much for, you didn't have to do that. It was generous of you. And uh, I, I really, really appreciate it. And Lark goes, yes, yes. Now I can't wait to tell my father that I have three kidneys and Sparrow only has one. And Walter goes, no, no, no. We are never, 
ever telling Henry that this happened, which is fine. <laughs> this could just stay between us. And if you both turn out to be homunculi and these aren't even your real bodies, then no worries, because then this thing's going to be an issue. It'll be totally fine. <laughs> um, it's a do-over. It doesn't count. It's a do-over. It's all good. Uh, Walter does turn to you guys, though, and go like, I'm sorry I summoned you to this world, but I don't really know how to how to get you guys back. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what to do. And then at that moment, you hear like, and then as you look down, you see a small piece of gum staring up at you. And with a magnifying glass, you can see that it's Lord Gum. And he goes, guys, guys, I have another fun adventure for us to do off screen. Well, let's go into the horizon together. Let's go into the sunset together because we're all best friends now. This is what I sound like when I'm small compared to you. Ronnie picks up Lord Gum and tucks him behind his ear. And Yay, says, it's my new home. <laughs> yeah. So the premise here is the magnifying glass changed Lord Gum's voice. No, no, it's he sounds uh, like he's higher voice because you're bigger than him now. He had a large booming voice when he was bigger oh, than right, you. Oh, right, 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 right. No, yeah, but just, but in order to see his face, you have to use a magnifying glass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, how yeah. physics works. That's how physics yeah. works. Um, Lord Gum is like my Mr. Mustache. I'm waiting for instructions. Oh my God. Going next. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait till he betrays you. Um, <laughs> so yeah yeah that's that that wraps up this one shot thank you all for playing my extremely loose not very good one shot about kidney donation <laughs> it was great oh thank you and thank you for having me thank you for setting this up jordan i really appreciate it yeah thank you for doing this everybody give anthony a, a round of oh, no, please. No, no, you. Applause. no you though and that'll be it for today's Dungeons and Dragons and Kidneys event. Thank you so much for listening and for supporting UCLA's core kidney program by making a donation at giving.ucla.edu kidney. Our theme music is by Alexander Nakarada. Editing by Agniti. Brad Teague is Costco the Paladin. The role of Daryl Scott Wilson is played by Lindy Newman. Ronnie Stampler is played by Sherstie Chippendale. The Stepford Wives' Glenn Close playing the role of Dirk Mithril is played by Ari Deckard. I'm Jordan French, and I played the role of Henry Hank Oak. And of course, our kidney master is the Anthony Birch. Special thanks to every kidney donor and recipient out there, to everyone who reached out about being part of this. We couldn't get everyone in, but thank you so much for wanting to help out. And especially, thank you so much to you for making a donation at giving.ucla.edu slash kidney. 